everyone, you are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am so, so, so happy to be back on the air after an unexpected extra long hiatus and we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food, all the time. I'm a kosher personal chef. I wrote two cookbooks, Perfect Flavors and Perfect for Pesach. I do personal chef and I run cooking competitions all over the country. Well, not right now, but (laughs) when it's not COVID. Right now I do them on Zoom or I give Zoom classes anytime you want to ask me for anything cooking or travel tips or anything related with food, you can give me a call because I love to hear it from you guys and um, hear about your cooking adventures and you'll tune in every week and we have great guests and a lot of fun that goes on right here. We actually really do eat a lot on the show here today, but today we have a very interesting brand new show um, and on the phone, I have all the way from Venice, and she's going to join us in a moment, Rebetzin Shachar Banim. She's the Chabad Rebetzin in Venice, Italy. And we're going to be talking to Vera Newman in Detroit, and then Susie from Meet My Needs. Um, so no one is going to be actually in the house studio today, but we're going to be joined by everyone around the world over the phone, and I'm really excited, as you can see. I'm <laughs> like very hyper to be back in the, as well, I always say, the hot seat. Um. We have a lot to talk about. So let's start off with those giveaways. So many of you are asking, have you done the giveaways yet? Have you done the giveaways yet? So the giveaways that we are currently up to, because there was a lot of uh, shows played while I was away on hiatus, um, and some of those shows people thought those competitions were still current. So those were not current. The current giveaways are from – hold on – from – Empire Kosher, you're going to win a box of exciting Empire products, um, chicken, deli, and all kinds of fun things. Um, And the other one is going to be a gift certificate to Roadhouse, uh, which is in Boca Raton. So if you are not there and you still wanted to win, you you could gift it to a friend in Florida. So that is no problem. So I know ZK does not have the machine here to do a drum roll. So I'm just going to do it. ZK, you want to help me on the table give a drum roll? This is me and ZK drumming. And the winner for the Empire Poultry is Maury Cohn from Kansas City. From Overland Park, Kansas City. Congratulations, Maury. You are going to be winning a box of Assorted Empire goodies. So um, we're going to reach out to you and have that sent off to you. So congratulations on your big win. All right, CK, you ready to drum again? And the winner for the Roadhouse Dinner for Two is... Julie Gantrell, congratulations. You have won a gift certificate to the Roadhouse. So I was hoping to have done these a couple of weeks ago and announced them. So I'm terribly, I really do apologize, but you're going to hear why. So I have two kids that live in Israel, Baruch Hashem. Two of my daughters made Aliyah within the last year and a half. And my daughter had a baby a couple months ago and I had to apply to go. For some reason, 
It was very hard to get into the country. I applied 15 times because it is a law to letting grandparents. So finally, on my 15th try, they said, yes, come in. And I found out on a Tuesday morning that I was leaving to Israel on Wednesday night. Now, as you can imagine, when your children finally hear that you're coming in, they send you massive shopping lists. And I didn't have a chance to do hardly anything um, except prepare for and, and go on my trip. So it kind of like pushed off all my shows for the last couple of weeks. Um, but we are back and I got to spend three incredible weeks in Israel. It's kind of very quiet there as one can imagine. Um, you know, people are, you know, trying to be safe and doing what they need to do to keep themselves and their families safe. But you can, at that time, move about a little bit. The restaurants were open only for takeout. You could go to the Kotel. I went to Keva Rachel for the first time in 10 years. Um, I went to the Kotel twice. I had an amazing tour with Svi Sat. He is Secrets of the Old City on Instagram. Mitz Hashem, when the gates open back to Israel, um, you should all be booking a tour with Svi Sad. I'm going to try to have him on the show. He's absolutely incredible. So he gave us, me, my husband, and one of my daughters a tour um, of the uh, secrets of the old city. We saw stuff. Every time he takes us around, we see something new. They're always uncovering stuff, which was great. Um, I had all the rollers in donuts you could imagine. I did a kosher.com food crawl. It was just so incredible. And... Now we're back and we're ready to rock and roll um, as Israel's closing up again a little bit. So we just dive in every day that this matzav, I call it the situation, the corona situation passes by quickly with that we all get away with this unharmed and healthy and just good things for everyone. Okay, enough about my Israel trip because when you go to Israel, you may want to stop when you when you go to Israel next and hopefully very soon. And you want to make a stop in one of the most beautiful countries in Galut. <laughs> I want to say, and I've been to a lot of places and I'm from Sydney. Sydney is beautiful. I'm, Sydney, Australia is gorgeous. But that one of my favorite cities outside of Yerushalayim and Sydney, my hometown, is Venice, Italy. I know the Nachum Siegel Network has gone there. Uh, they did a couple two, three, four years ago. I've lost track of time. Corona messed me up in terms of time. About three, four years ago, they went to Italy. Um, but I'm very lucky to become very close friends with Rebetzin Shachar Banim, the Rebetzin of the Chabad. We met through Instagram and we literally, we talk on the phone. We FaceTime each other. We talk, we catch up. She's the most wonderful, warm person. If you've ever gone to Venice and you know what the city looks like, and you spent a Shabbat there, you knew you spent Shabbat with Chabad and with Shachar and the rabbi, and they're just so warm, and they make you feel like they're guests. So I thought it would be a really great time to talk to Rebetz and Shachar about what is going on right now in Venice, because it's they're pretty hard hit up, and I, you know she's got the best attitude, and I would like to, to Benvenuti, to Rebetzin Shachar Banim. Benvenuti, I just learned, means hello. Did I say it right, Shachar? Absolutely. And hello to you, Naomi. It's so great to be with you here today. It is so great. It's. I'm sorry you had to sit through that whole long mon monologue. It's the It's the first The first guest of the show has got to stay tuned for that. So thank it's you. It's my pleasure. It's my absolute pleasure. How are you? How's it going over there? What's the weather like today? Today it is very cold and... A little bit windy, but Venice is a perfect backdrop all year long. If you've got a jacket on, you just go out and manage with the, with the weather, whatever it is. And regardless of fog or sun, it's beautiful for photos, and it's beautiful just to go around and feel the 
incredibly unique environment here. Yeah, you have a long Jewish, there's a long Jewish history in Venice. Um, but let's start off with your history, you and the rabbi. When did you start the uh, Chabad house there? Well, we started the Chabad house about 30 years ago. And um, a short while after that, we opened a kosher restaurant called Gam Gam, which is quite known, uh, I would say, on six continents. And fortunately, we've been able to provide, you know, we saw that there was a need for hospitality, for kosher food, and the restaurant really changed a lot of things in the ghetto. It brought a certain life to the ghetto, and it also opened up an opportunity for people of all backgrounds to come and have an experience, whether it's Jewish people looking for kosher food, it allowed them to be able to stay longer. Um, or non-Jewish people to be able to come and have a kind of experience. It really revived the ghetto in a certain way. And as far as our other day-to-day -day work here, it's just to be there for people of all backgrounds and to help them physically or spiritually with whatever they need. Beautiful, beautiful. The, the, let's, now let's tie the history a little bit into the big Italian history. How many shuls are there in Venice? People don't actually realize... How many shuls Super. there are? There are five antique shuls. Each one is beautiful in its own way. And you can see the inside of the synagogues by going to the Jewish Museum. They give a tour each uh, weekday and on Sundays. And it's very unique. They have services in one of the old synagogues on Shabbat and holidays. And they switch off between that one and a second one that is used just for the winter time when there are usually less guests in town. There's also a Chabad shul, which That's is new. Yay. <laughs> right in the center <laughs> of the ghetto. <laughs> right. That's true. It's in, in the ghetto square. And although it doesn't boast all the beauty and all the antique furnishings, it's a very humble, small place, but it supplies the city and, its com and the community members, as well as tourists from all over with three prayer services every day of the year. And that's important for someone who just wants to stop in or if somebody has a need for a minion, it's really comforting out of hundreds of emails a day to say to someone, oh, you're saying Kaddish, no problem. There's a minion for you. Don't worry at all. You know, what I found amazing, I've been to Venice twice and spent Shabbat with you twice. Um, once in, it was Thanksgiving 2011, so coming up to nine years ago. And then in the summer Shabbat Nachamu of three years ago, 2000, I want to say, and 17. And it was hot as God knows what. <laughs> um, I didn't know that Venice could get so hot. I stepped off the plane. I felt the sun was like burning my shaitel. It was like singeing it. It was so hot. Um, and it was a very big weekend. You know, Shabbat Nachum or people are like, you know, traveling right after the three weeks. And how you handled, I don't even know if you keep track of how many guests you had that Shabbat or any Shabbat. But everybody had a place at a table and a full meal. It was unreal from chalas to dips. They, you charge by saying, right? Like, give what you want, correct? Well, um, yeah, we have an amazing Shabbat program where we have different 
types of Shabbat meals based on what people would like. And the meals, as you mentioned, take place right in the Jewish ghetto, which the ghetto has an amazing history. Yeah. It was the first ghetto in the entire world. That's what I wanted it comes to say. From, yes, good. <laughs> it comes from the, from the Italian word jetare, which means to throw. The ghetto itself was in an area that was an iron foundry. And just like the expression to throw iron, to cast iron, um, so just the same, the word jetare, the first person is jetto, and then from the dialect it became ghetto. Now this was the ghetto from the 1500s to the 1800s. It was a place where, unlike today, where it's a very popular place to be and uh, normally under normal situ circumstances. But back in that time, again, from the 1500s to the 1800s, Jews were forced to live in this tiny area that you can literally walk across within five minutes. At the height of the ghetto, there were 4,000 people crammed into this small area. There were guards at the gates. There was a curfew at night. People could not leave. And during the day, Jews were permitted to leave the ghetto area for work or to go out into the city. But they had to wear some kind of marking to signify who they were when they were out in the streets Guys, with the rest of the public. Little, does it sound a little familiar to everyone, right? Like when, when World War II and all the Hitler started all these uh, restrictions, restrictions it wasn't new we'd had this already he modeled this after what happened in the ghetto in 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 venice 500 years ago right exactly and you know um similar to gum gum one of the reasons why it has its name is that you know everyone knows that in tehillim there's the pasuk gum yeah. even if we're having hardships hashem is with us and therefore, things can be turned over. And just like Gam Gam is now this welcoming place where it's actually at the entrance of the Jewish ghetto, the place that used to be a checkpoint not to let people out is now a welcoming place into the ghetto. And so we have more formal Shabbat meals. If someone wants to reserve ahead, they can do that and have a a uh, white tablecloth formal meal in Gum I've done that. I've done that, I've done that twice. <laughs> we actually met and really good friends there. We're still in touch with our friends that we met at, at, at Gum Gum. Oh, I love hearing those kinds of things. I hear it often that people meet for the first time in Gum Gum. It's like a spiritual oasis, not just a place to physically satisfy, you know, your hunger. And uh, people become friends and then they stay in touch for years. Uh, we've even had people meet and get married. It's really something uh, incredible, that place. And in the ghetto square itself, which is just a few minutes into the ghetto, a few minutes walk from Gam Gam, is where we have the more communal style Shabbat meals. And, um, and, and I do keep track of how many people come um, because I have to know how much food needs to be prepared. Right. And generally speaking... On Shabbos Nachamu, our average is about 800. So, That's you know, unreal. and it's not 800, just 800 meals. 800 it's, meals. Right. It's more than that because it's dinner and then Shabbos lunch and then also Siddish Lishis. So it's really, it's really such a wonderful experience to be able to be with so many people and welcome so much people 
so many people, especially in a place that is, you know, is known for something otherwise. And it's very, very special. And I think you were starting to say about Hala. You know, I think I've probably by the time I turned 40, which was a long time ago, but probably <laughs> by the time I turned 40, I had probably baked more challahs than most, In a most great-grandmothers. <laughs> amazing, amazing. You do such a big mitzvah. And now let's, let's hear what's going on right now because times are a little tough. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, with the with the uh, good wish and prayer that anyone who needs a refuah shalema, they should have a complete recovery. And anyone who's uh, suffered any kind of loss in any capacity, they should be comforted as much as possible. Um, you know, all over the world, beginning basically in March, people have been dealing as much as in the best way possible that they can with what's going on with coronavirus. And here in Venice, it actually started for us the year before in November of uh, 2019 with the devastating flooding that many people saw in the news. Yeah. And the flooding was the worst it has ever been in history, except for one time in the 60s where it was a few centimeters higher. So basically the same as, as before. As, yeah. And absolutely devastating. Besides the tens of thousands of dollars of damage, the entire winter, which generally speaking, there are much less guests. Let's say our average Shabbat is around 250 people for uh, that are visiting. In the winter, it's maybe half that. Well, everyone for the entire winter as a result of the flooding and as a result of the media kind of I wouldn't say exaggerating the situation, but prolonging yeah. the situation. Even when the waters had dried, everyone for the entire winter canceled their trips oh. here. So that was very hard. It's hard because we want to be there and, you know, do our everyday. Yeah, I, in, on, one, in, on the one hand, it's work. But on the other hand, it's just, you know, uh, work from the heart to be there with for people, to help people in any capacity, to teach classes in person, etc. So in that time, I continued with my Torah videos online and teaching people, um, you know, directly through um, other online means. And then in March, when coronavirus started to appear everywhere, it just continued this devastation that we had already been feeling for months already. So you, you're actually three months ahead with, with all the devastation. But if it wasn't yes. from corona, so you got corona backed, backed up right. to these floods. Yes. So actually, wow. you know, it, it's, really, it's really incredible because if someone misses a paycheck, you know, it could really – make it difficult in a household. And certainly if people miss two paychecks, it can really cause problems. And now we're a year. We are, yeah, we're more than a year without income. And it's really definitely devastating. But the one thing that I can say is that it really, the only thing, you have to give it over to Hashem. You have to work as hard as you can. And do as much as you can, but ultimately you have to just reinforce that you're a Muna, that Hashem is ultimately in charge 
including with the finances. As long as we work as hard as we can, then as we all know in Rosh Hashanah, even the Parnassah, our livelihood is determined. So if we're doing as much as we can, then we will then we will get everything that we need in one way or another. So somehow we are still trying to stay afloat, so to speak. And, um, but, you know, there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of, you say, decree in Italian. Uh, there are a lot of laws that have come into play regarding the restaurant being open during this particular time of Corona. They are forced us to close at 6 p.m. And, of course, everyone knows that a restaurant has most of its business during the Dinner time, yeah. Then with all the precautions that we have to follow and which we, of course, want to follow to keep everybody safe, the distancing within the restaurant, etc., you can only fill up to about half capacity. So we're literally, our hands are tied. And there's also a curfew at 10 p.m. So you can't even go out of your house. So... Besides the fact that, you know, Venice isn't the type of place where its residents are ordering takeout and things like that that you might see in America. So we're really um, we're really been pushed into a, a situation that's very devastating. It's hard for people everywhere. But Venice is also particular in that literally 95 percent of the city's income comes from tourism. Right. So it's, it's unreal. I mean, I don't, I, 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 I've seen it twice, hustle and bustle. Mm-hmm. I cannot imagine. I think about all those stores that, you know, that, that make the aprons with your name on it and the cutting boards with your yeah. name on it. Like, shut, shut. Yes, like Banguri on airport. You can't buy, there's no kosher, uh, you know, where they have that, I don't know if you've been to Israel and you you know where the, the food aisle is, you know, in the, yes, in the airport. Absolutely. Closed, no aroma, absolutely. nothing. Yes, and then from, a, from the other standpoint, it's extremely difficult for us because just from the day-to-day things that we miss, that we can't wait for people to come back, you know, uh, this Hanukkah, regardless of how few people were here, we put up, we put up a 2,000-pound um, Grand Menorah in the ghetto square, lighting up the place that was the epitome of darkness. Yeah, completely turn it over, and we have my my children who are older now, as well as um, two students that are here. They went around to the entire Veneto region, not just within Venice, but all the surrounding cities, to visit all the people. Of course, taking all the necessary precautions, outdoor visits with masks, Beautiful. social distancing, to bring menorahs, to bring sufganyot, oh, to bring spread the, the light, children. spread the light. Yes, and making an avo subanim, a parent-child learning this coming uh, week, and all of these things. To it's important to stay in touch with the people who are here, keep everybody's spirits high, and um, and keep things going. You know. We usually have, besides the big menorah in the square, we have a menorah on the boat, and we put, um, you know, all the, it's it's wonderful to see people's uh, reactions when they see the beautiful lights going through the canals of Venice. Oh and just my gosh! Saying, like, you know, we during Tishrei, it was also it was devastating. We put anyway, we put a sukkah by Gam Gam like usual, and a sukkah by the shul. The one by Gam Gam is that if anybody comes to the restaurant, obviously they'll be able to eat in the sukkah. And we also put a sukkah by the shul in the ghetto square so mm-hmm. that anyone, 
anyone passing by, anyone from the community, they have a sukkah. It's like their own sukkah that they have access to Beautiful. 24 hours a day. And we even put it on the, the boat as well. And, you know, even though there were barely, there was barely any visitors here, but, you know, it, it's so significant to keep the work going because you never know what kind of effect it will have. Right, you know, exactly. Few, Just one person uh, can change it yeah, for you. Ab- absolutely. You hit it on the head. 20 years ago, uh, you know, th- this, this past, right at the beginning of Corona, the ex- the, in March, let's say, we had a girl from Israel come by. She was actually on her way to work in another European city. And we hadn't met her before, but she said, hi, I wanted to introduce myself. I feel like you are grandparents or you're like an aunt and uncle to my husband and I. And she's told us this amazing story, which I'll tell you very quickly. Yeah, we're, yeah. She said, <laughs> she, yeah, I bet. She said that 20 years ago in our sukkah, in Gam Gam, at Gam Gam, her parents met. <gasps> what happened was there was a young girl with her friends traveling, and separate from them, there was a young guy with his friends traveling. Oh, and no way! Um, amongst the other hundreds of people came to the sukkah at Gam Gam to experience sukkahs with us, and somehow amongst all the people... Those two met. They met, they kept in touch... They dated, they got married, and their daughter, I have goosebumps. Oh, my God, I am, like, crying. Oh, my God. 20 years I'm literally... later, their daughter comes. And to gums and, to gum gum. Uh, oh. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. And it... Shaka, that's the most beautiful story. You should be <laughs> writing all these memoirs down and setting your books. <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's, oh. it's amazing. If, I only know a very small fraction of I'm sure that have come out. I'm sure. I can only imagine all the So can I can I just invite all my listeners who have been to Gum Gum to please reach out to Rebbit and Shahar and if you have a story or an experience or even one line you want to say, your food was delicious, or we sat next to really nice people, send her a letter. Just give us yes, a chizuk. It would be nice if you send her a check too. <laughs> this is not a fundraiser, <laughs> but you know, wink wink nudge nudge. Eat. I personally gave during this time because I wanted to know that you guys were okay. And this is even before you and I started to become friends. The minute I saw this devastation, the early corona, because I love traveling. I'm like, I spent two Shabbos there. I told my husband, we have to give to, to the Chabad of Venice. But if you guys want to reach out, write them a note and give them some chizuk. And then, you know, send them something, you know. If it's a dollar or a million dollars, whatever you want. But it's just nice. Look what beautiful neshamas they have changed and, and, and for themselves. And you can hear more about from Rebetzin Shahar on her blog, Rebetzin Unplugged. And on her Instagram, she posts a few times a week. Um, on her Instagram as well, she follow. You can follow her. She posts gorgeous pictures of around Venice. And it's just such a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And the blog came out as a way to continue to continue the work. All the things that I usually speak about with people in person, I still want to be able to give those things over. So now it's in the format of a blog until everybody comes and visits. And of Amen. Course, 
but it's lifestyle, health and wellness, music and fashion, spirituality, business management, all the things people ask me about. You see how, how you run a restaurant, how do you balance things? She's amazing. <laughs> Look how articulate she is. By the way, Shahar, let's tell everyone that you're originally American and your husband's Italian. Yes. H- hence hence the American accent considering she lives in, in Italy, you know, like my Australian yeah. accent living in America. So wonderful. Right. Shaka, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll have our chat later on in the week. We try to chat like every... Sounds wonderful. Now that I'm back, for, uh, we took a break over Israel. I couldn't really chat with anyone <laughs> while I was away. <laughs> but yeah, we'll pick it up again uh, later on in the week. Um, all right, maybe you'll share a restaurant uh, recipe with our listeners as well. So, you know, we'll try to get a recipe from you, an Italian kosher recipe. Um, right now on the spot, you want to hear one? No, 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 you'll send us one. We'll, we'll post it up. Oh, okay, with pleasure. And there's plenty of recipes as well on rabbitsandunplugged.com. So you'll send, a, you'll send us a link and I'm going to put it on the show. With big pleasure. All right, thank, thank you, you so Rebbitson. Okay. So fun as usual. Thank you. Bye, bye, Shahana. Always nice All to talk best. to you. You All too. Amazing. I, I think Arrivederci is, is Italian. I'm not exactly sure. I'm trying to get my next guest on the phone, which is Vera Newman. Um, she is in Detroit. Okay, let's get her I've on got the on phone. the phone with me Vera Newman from Detroit. Hi, Vera. Hi, how are you? Good, good. We have had an action-packed show right here on Table for Two today. I just got off the phone with Robertson Shachar Banim from Venice, Italy. Have you ever been there? Me? No, I've never been. I would love to go. you got to go. you got to go. Especially because you're <laughs> yes. into food. You gotta, everyone's got to go to Italy at least once. How oh, are yeah. you? I love that. Good. How are you? Great, great. This is really <laughs> exciting. I've got your giant encyclopedia cookbook, which I'm holding up. <laughs> So I also, you know, I, I, you're, you're in Detroit and I'm in New York, but um, we have a video camera as well for those who want to watch the show on the Nakam Siegel Network YouTube channel. Um, and, I, you know, I want to hold up the book for everyone to see this beautiful book, which you developed, styled and photographed yourself. Yes. Yes, I, I did. I didn't realize that when I got the book. And I'm like, wow, these pictures are beautiful. So I turned to the front cover to see you know who took the photos you know because they usually mention that like in my book it says Miriam Pascal and then it right. says recipe styling and photography by Vera Newman and I'm like oh yes. even more that was actually that was actually a crazy journey because when I originally like decided that I wanted to write a cookbook the most stressful thing for me was to figure out who was going to photograph my book I am not a photographer like if you go back into you know my Instagram all my images were or, you know, taken with an iPhone, like, right. totally like, mine, professional. like mine, like mine, <laughs> totally not professional. I, I, I'm not a photographer. So it was so stressful for me to figure out. So I, I, I was totally with the idea. So should I hire someone to do it? Um, should I, you know, should I like, you know, I, I also wanted Miriam Pascal to shoot my cookbook. So when <laughs> I found out she actually, because I, I, I love her work and I loved your cookbooks and I oh, love what she did you. with them. And thank I knew you. that she, you know, that, that, that she did this for she's people. She's done five books. Well, really... I, I'm, I'm the only person she's done it for so far, but she's done three of her own books and two of mine. Three of her own books and then yours. So, um, and then I, I, I always admired her and she was one of the people besides, you know, her and Hani Applebaum are the only people that really do all three, the recipes, the static, and the photography. So, of course, I always, like, admire her. So, basically, um, at the end of last year, she was promoting her her last cookbook, Real Life Kosher Cooking 2, and um, she was was coming to Detroit to do a food demo. 
So when I found this out, I reached out to her. I'm like, Miriam, I want you to stay by me. I want to host you because I wanted to pitch her this idea to shoot my cookbook. <laughs> so then she's like, oh, you're so sweet. I'm actually already staying by someone else. But if you want to pick me up from the airport, that works. I'm like, oh, perfect. I'm going to have her in my car for 30 minutes. I can pitch her the idea. And it's <laughs> going to be perfect. So I picked her up and she said, oh, that sounds that sounds like a, a great idea. But how will we do it? So I said, you're, you're, you're going to come in. You're going to shoot the book. I'm going to cook it. I'm going to do it all. And we'll do it together. And then she's like, you know what? I don't know if it's such a good idea. It's going to be a lot on you. It's very stressful. So she's like, you, you would need a kitchen manager and this and that. Like I, I, it's and a whole what to do. <laughs> That's- oh my gosh. And then she's like, um, you know what? Let's, 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 let's see. So then basically she came into my house. She looked at my space and she said, listen, I don't think this is going to work out. But what I could do for you is I could teach you food photography. I could come in. I could give you an intense food photography crash course. I could tell you what camera to get, what lens to get, the backgrounds, the props, everything you need to know so you can do it yourself. So she told me, if I didn't think that you had the talent to do it, I would not offer this option for you. But I really do think that you're able to do it, that you can't do it. And, and you, you have did it. And you did it. And I did it. So she came in and we did it. And I was so nervous. And um, it's so interesting for me. Like, I'm probably the only one that notices. But to see my pictures from the beginning and then my last pictures that I took, it's like, it's amazing to see the improvement. Okay. So here's and- here, I've got the book in front of me. What's the first picture you took? I want to see. Um, okay. So I, I'm pretty sure... The minute um, Miriam came in, it was a Sunday morning. I think we shot the lachmajin first. Okay. Well, so do you know what page is that? Um, it's, it's an appetizer. appetizers. Um, uh, okay. Like I Pesach lachmajin. The lachmajin. And then the last picture I shot. Okay. I hold on. Was- I want to look. i got to find it. <laughs> okay. Lachmajin. Okay. That's the first picture. I'm holding that's it up. Perfect, perfect picture. And then if okay, you go to that's the, goods. Those who are watching, that's on the YouTube channel. This is the first picture. Okay, on I'm showing it up on the YouTube channel. It's page ten, and the last. Yes, and then you know one of the first ones I took as well was the cream cheese crumble um, cake on the baked goods chapter. That was also like I, I remember now. It's like one of the first ones. Okay, if you okay. want to show that? I, I, know, I need last... a page number. Oh, <laughs> you want me to check? Yeah. Show okay, and show me the last the last one. The okay, last the one. last picture is the um the the wonton miso miso soup. I think it's the first. Soup in the um, the first soup in the in, in, in the soup in the chapter. Soup chapter. Let me. I have the book right here. I, yeah, I can tell you right soup. now the page. The first soup Hold in the on. soup chapter. It's funny. I wouldn't have a clue what any of the pages are in my book. I, I right. I, I have no idea. I know that Susie fish binds zucchini. They're all Su- Susie. They're all like uh, oh. even. Yeah, miso wonton soup. Yeah. So that's okay. like the last. Image. Okay. So, so you, you should see the quality. Here. So Susie Fishbine zucchini muffins are on page 186 in her first kosher palette. I mean, kosher by design. <laughs> that's all I know. Yeah. That's all you know. <laughs> I know nothing. I, you know, I, I still have to, like, get comfortable with the book. Like, I worked so hard on it. And, like, now it's like, okay, I have it in your house. How long did it take you? Um, so from, like, idea, November of 2019. And then I, and then the book is, is being, you know, it was released in December of, to, of 2020. So I like to say one year, but I actively shot the book for about eight months. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. pretty, you probably did a couple photos a day or a week. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A couple photos a day. And, um, I, I actually, um, did a live on my Instagram where I tell you, like, I, I explained all the process of so basically. Yeah, we I, did that. I sat, yeah. I shot everything. 
um, during quarantine because that was like basically the, the, right. Well, you locked up, nowhere to go. <laughs> I was locked up, nowhere to go. It's the perfect time, and then my husband and I were home. And did you have home? And they were doing online. Did schooling. you have trouble finding the ingredients during Corona? Yes, because I that was did, a big thing here in New York. I couldn't get chicken thing. at one point. It, it was it was crazy. Like that was like probably like one of the hardest things. And then you know, like just like finding things like. Basic, you know, I remember like doing a 45 minute line outside of Trader Joe's just to get f- fresh parsley and cherry tomatoes to shoot a picture. Like, right. it was, it was Crazy. really not easy. So right. each thing took like double the effort at least. I'm so, so proud of you, Vera. It's such a big <laughs> book. Like it's yes, really it's big. You put huge. a lot into it. But let's talk about your background because you're actually not American originally. I'm not American. I am Panamanian. Woo, so I, I love, was- I love Panama. Yeah, Shout out to too. my friend Michelle. Um, so I actually um, was born and raised in Panama City, Panama. I only moved to Michigan uh, when I was um, 20 years old when I got married to my husband. Wow. So, yeah. Big so change. Big change from big, big change. city Panama to Detroit, which is still a big city, but it's much smaller than even New oh, York. Yeah. Well, and no, then we, we Panama's here, like, massive. It's all sky rise buildings yes. and hustle and bustle city yes um yeah i know panama is beautiful and, and, I, and i love going back to visit but there all there's also a beauty of like living like kind of like um just like out of town and like how chilled it is here and i really love this community and everybody's like how did you do it how did you move and i, and I tell everyone like it really wasn't that hard for me i love to be able to go back i, I love I, I go to panama well, pre pre-covid right of course I go all the time. My parents are there. My siblings are there. Um, well, I, I do have a sister in Toronto, but my siblings are there. Everybody, you know, my family's there, my friends. So I go all the time. So I get to have that taste of Panama, the, 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 the culture and the restaurants and, and the simchas. Because in Panama, Vera, not like... We have to yes. tell them how many kosher restaurants there are in, in Panama. Because I've been, I went with Miriam Schreiber's Legacy Tours about three years ago. Um, yeah. how, how, many, how many restaurants are there? Like 50, so, right? So I don't think it's fifty. I think it's more like thirty-five. It's thirty. It's thirty-five restaurants, but another like fifteen, like ice cream or coffee house, or you know, there are forty. My mommy's saying forty. She's she's standing right here with me. Oh she's hi, hi mom. She told me forty restaurants. So forty restaurants. I remember going to old Panama and finding a kosher ice cream store what, what, in the middle what? of old Panama, the old the old part. There was. There is. There is. Right. So I, I is that um, including in the forty? Um, mommy, is that included in the forty like ice cream shops or like actual restaurants? Forty. Everything with the ice cream shops. Oh, okay, like, forty. That's yeah. amazing. And how many Jews are in Panama? What? How many Jews are in Panama? Fifteen thousand. She's the encyclopedia here. Okay. Hi, mom. Twelve thousand. More or less, 12,000. 12,000 Jews and yes. 40 kosher restaurants. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> that's, that's like a that's crazy probably, ratio. And, the two, <laughs> and from what I remember, the two biggest kosher supermarkets are in the world are both in Panama. Yes, outside of Israel. So outside of Israel, the biggest full, um, full kosher um, grocery stores. And it's crazy to go there because everything is like imported from Israel. Like, you get, like, the it is. The real deal. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in that supermarket getting ready for the yeah. trip. And, and on the trip, we went there a few times. It's just a beautiful city. This is a whole – I didn't even, beautiful. like, realize that we should prepare for this on the show. But I figured while I've got you, and we can talk about – you know, we did the Venice Jewish community. Now we'll do a little bit of Panama Jewish community. Um, but it's a very hustle and bustle community. A lot of Sephardic Jews. It's very Sephardic, right? Yeah, very Sephardic. So it's mostly a Syrian community. Um, so I, I was, I was, so, so my dad is Moroccan and Syrian. So I was brought up with like that culture. And when I, when I married my husband, it was like a culture shock, shock for me. Is he Ashkenaz? Ashkenazi. Ashkenaz. Ashkenaz. <laughs> so it's totally, so, so ha- my book. Yeah. So let's talk, <laughs> let's tie that all into the book. That was my lead into the, to the book. Yes. That- so, so it's a huge melting pot of like all cultures. So I have like my, you know, my mom's Moroccan fish and like, you know, staple Syrian recipes that I grew up eating like on a weekly basis. You'll find the Mjadra, which is a typical like, you know, like um, every Thursday night, Syrian Jews eat this rice with lentils and they serve it with like Greek yogurt on the side and Israeli salad. And it sounds like crazy, like you would get sick of it, but nobody ever gets sick of it. You can have it every Thursday. What's it called? Oh, it has, like, What's it called? Imjadra. So it's M-J-A-D-R-A. And it's on my um, weeknight suppers chapter. I'm, oh, I love that idea. I'm going to, I'm going to um, write that down and make that. <laughs> yes, it is. It is divine. It has butter. It has like tons of like um, sautéed onions, caramelized onions, and then you like mix it with the lentils and rice, and it's heavenly. Mm. Like that bomba flavor of that like carby rice with lentils, and then that like almost like sour. Um, Greek yogurt with the Israeli salad with tons of lemon and then the lemon seeps into the rice. It's like, mm. it's Do you know so what page good. that is? I'm, I'm going to try to look for a page. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the page right now. I know Sanchoco, that is definitely South American. What's that? Sanchoco. Oh, Sancocho. That's actually a, 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 a Panamanian soup. Yeah. Um, it's like our, our I had Google it. What's, what's the typical food of Panama is this Sancocho that's like the soup, I grew up eating that once a week. Like in my house, it was a soup. So I actually had it in, in um, Evita's in Chicago. Oh, you did Evita's? Oh, I'm dying to try that one. Oh, it's okay, so in Jadra here, 188. The 188. Chapter, and I show you how I, how I would eat it, like exactly how I would eat it. So good. With the fried onions on top. Here we go. There's a picture of it there. <laughs> Looks delicious. Okay. Yes, it's really good. All right, and I see you have a lot of Asian-inspired recipes yes. Yes. as well. Asian inspires, like a little bit of everything, just basically how I cook in a book. And everybody, like the feedback I've been getting, such easy recipes. And re- they really, really are. None of them are intimidating, no crazy ingredients, all like staple ingredients, pantry staples. And I really um, – I'm also a caterer. Oh, you so, really? Like, like yes. me, we start off as caterers and did books. Yes. So I've been a caterer for about four years now. Um, and I do like mostly like Shabbos catering, Yantav catering. And I also do like private parties. I don't oh. cater weddings or anything because I'm a, I'm a one man. I'm a one, one man, man show. show. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I have, <laughs> yeah. I have, I, I, I can't, I can't have help. Like I, I can't have anyone else in my kitchen. I'm very, my mom goes crazy. Like, why can't you just hire someone to help you? I can't. I, I have do everything t- my way. Vera, I have a team. I have a team. I'm nothing without my team. I, I have a team. I, someone you know helps what? me I chop. Someone helps me wash. Who washes all those dishes? 
Well, so 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 that I have. Ah, I, there I, you I, go. The clean lady comes. I leave my my kitchen flying, and she comes, and everything everything goes back to normal. Yeah, so that's for sure. I don't. Yeah, I yeah. Don't wash the dishes. But I cook it all. I check, you know, I, I've also learned, like, it's not worth my time to check produce. So I just buy everything checked. Yeah, it's a little more costly. I, I'm with you as well. Thank God Gourmet Glad has everything checked. I don't buy anything that's not oh, checked. Gourmet Glad is incredible. Yeah. I was yeah. there. Actually, I was in Lakewood to shoot my cover and chapter dividers with the help of, um, I basically used Renee Muller's studio. Oh, I love Renee. Studio. And she has a beautiful oh book now, too. Well, she has she two has beautiful books. Book. I mean, her book and yes. and the and dinner done. I want to have between, those. Yes, between carpels, like it, there, yeah. she's she's an incredible human being. I'm forever grateful to her. So she let me use her studio and you know, like kind of like help me like brainstorm the concepts for the for the cover chapter because I feel like I could shoot the whole book, but the cover it just didn't feel comfortable. Right. I didn't think that I had. That's the you biggest. Know, like, that's the biggest thing with Art Scroll is their covers. Like we have to like we have to. They don't check the pictures in the book. They check to make sure that the cover is going to be cover spot is, on. Yeah, the you know, cover is what sells the book. You do, you know. There's an expression: you judge a book by its cover, right? Yes, <laughs> it's, it's there true. for a reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Are we going to so, be? Are we going to do a giveaway for our audience? Yes, we are. Okay, guys, you know what to do. We always try to do a giveaway. So, to win a copy of Vera's amazing book, please follow her. On her page, Vera Newman. Uh, it's at the Marble, Marble Spoon. Spoon. So it's The Marble yes. Spoon, which is also the name of her book. And by the way, my press copy came with a, literally a marbled spoon and a marbled mask, which I'm already <laughs> wearing, by the way. That came in very handy. So we're going to do a giveaway <laughs> for the book. Um, so just um, – you have to email me, Naomi, at nachamsegel.com to win. And you have to make sure if you're on Instagram, you also follow her. And, of course, I know you're all following me on the Nacham Siegel Network. We know that. That's a given. We've been on the air for nine years already, so I know that. Wow. But make sure you follow Vera and check out her book. Vera, it's really something so, so beautiful. And Thank you. I, I really like – when I was sitting down last Shabbat morning and I read your stories of the, the head notes to each recipe and then I, you know, I look, I look at a few different things when I look at the books. I look at the recipe. I look at the head notes. I love a good story about each recipe. I want to know where it came from, what inspired yeah. you. And then the, the dish itself and how it's styled. Like you want to – Miriam Pascal told me this. Did she tell you this? You want to be able to lick the page. And reach yes, right in and she eat said, it. she actually told me this. She said, a lot of food stylists focus too much on the props and not on the food. The purpose of, 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 of a food image, especially in a cookbook, is that the food, the food looks delicious. Like, that's the purpose of, of, of an image. And I actually kept that, um, like, in the back of my head all the time. The only picture that she gave me, um, a feedback that it was more about the props than about the image. But I was okay with that, just like the one picture, because it's the first picture in the book. Yeah. The first recipe in the book. Um, it is the ultimate Shabbos appetizer. You can see it. It's the first. That's that's the one that it, that really uh, we felt like it was like more about the props than the, than the image. But I was okay with that. Like, uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna take a look at that. that it's the first recipe so in the book. Page four. Page, page four. Yes. The ultimate Shabbos appetizer. Okay. Yeah. 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 Do you see that how it's like more about the props than the actual food? But I I was okay with that. Like, yeah. I yeah. It's beautiful. You can serve it like on like a beautiful like table. Um, and, you know, like whatever. So. Um, I, I really try to keep that um, that advice from Miriam throughout, like all my pictures. Right. I, I want that you want to like eat the picture, eat the right, book, right, right. The, yeah, right. So yeah, so very nice. I was, 
Yeah. Vera, you should be so proud of yourself. You can put that under your belt. It's like your PhD in cooking. When you say, before everything else, you now say cookbook author Vera Newman. You know, that it's a huge child. <laughs> right. oh, first, it's, you know, mother, wife, and cookbook author, you know. <laughs> It's, right, it's exactly. a huge, it's a huge deal. So, really, congratulations! Welcome to the cookbook Thank club. Um, I hope everyone's going to go uh, get themselves a copy. It's really just gorgeous. And um, enter the contest. Maybe you'll win one. And if you don't, we'll uh, you'll go buy one. They're available at all your Judaica stores uh, yes. on Amazon. And I'm sure if you live in Detroit, out of Vera's garage, how I sell mine too. <laughs> Thank you so much, Naomi. I really, I just want to say it means a lot coming from you because you are honestly, like, I would say, like, the mother of like the Jewish, you know, what I'm saying? like, like social media and like the kosher cooking and just like you're so knowledgeable and so inspiring. And I love watching your stories and I love Thank your you. travels and your family. So it, it means a lot coming from you. So I appreciate your time and for um, taking interest in interviewing me and loving my book. I really appreciate that. My my pleasure. I'm sending you <laughs> hugs and kisses. Thank you. You too. Take care. All right. Thank you, Vera. Thanks. Okay. Vera was amazing. It was so great to have her on the show. Um, So inspiring to see someone just, you know, do a book from scratch and style it and all themselves. So make sure you enter that. I'm getting on the phone. Uh, Susie. Susie? Yes, hi. Oh, it, it did, I didn't even hear it ring. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hi, Susie. Operators Susie, standing by. <laughs> okay, Susie, I, I, you know, you want to hear something crazy? I don't have your last name written in my phone. It says, Susie, meet my needs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I texted it. It's Fishman. 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 Susie Fishman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry about that. Yeah, that's fine. Susie that's Fishman fine. is right now in California. In Is it nice weather? I ask everyone about the weather. Oh, it's always nice weather in California, Northern ah. California. Ah. Yeah. I got snow outside. In fact, I, you know, I'm doing the shows from my house and, and we also yes. film it um, so people can watch on the YouTube channel. And, um, Fabulous. And yeah. then we have the... Normally, we show my backyard because the backyard is behind me, so we have a nice view yeah. through the camera, and it's full of snow. It's reflecting on the on, on the camera, so the blinds oh. are down today. But Susie and I met um, da, 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 where, a year and a half ago at the JWE conference. Yeah. Amazing conference. Amazing. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I'm dying group. for another one. I'm dying for another me conference. Me too. But totally. the virtual yeah. ones aren't the same. People need to be together in a room to really yes, network. Um, yeah. and, and we met each other. And Susie has a great product, and she asked me to take a look at it, and I fell in love with it. Took us a while to get together and get the product, and you know she has a really good hechsher, and and I wanted she had to get you know certified, and she got the business up and running because I met her at the very beginning, and she sent me the product when it was all set to go, and she's on the air right now. So Susie, why don't we talk about what meet my needs is because they won't understand what we're talking about. Sure. Well, Meet My Needs is a little bit of a play on words. So needs is K-N-E-A-D-S, like baking and dough needs. So you can Um, tell it's a product for... It's a it's a spice blends um, that we use and incorporate into our baking and cooking in general. And I love to spice things up when I'm baking. So if you meet my baked goods, if you meet my needs, you'll see how I incorporate spice blends into recipes to sort of up level my baking. Um, and so I've created these kosher spice blends. They're a small batch, so they're very very fresh, and it's they're spice blends that absolutely everyone can use. So I'm very excited to share them. So let's talk about some of the um, flavors, so to speak. 
Yeah, sure. So I have, well, so <laughs> I've had a really good time with these and I've named them sort of fun, playful names. So um, one of my favorite blends is Meshuggah for Mexican. Um, and Mushuga for Mexican, it has a lot of cilantro and jalapeno and garlic and coriander, a little bit of citrus mixed in there. And I love to mix it into my challah dough or just even like sprinkle it on top of avocado toast and mm, things like that. Yeah, I'm actually Absolutely holding, delicious. I'm holding actually the box up, um, to the people oh, that are watching good. on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, um, I've, I've worked a little Yiddish into the um, naming of these. I have um, a spice blend called Chai is High, um, <laughs> which is a, a really fun, um, it's actually very much like an Indian spice blend as far as the flavors and the uh -huh. seasonings. There's some fennel and some pepper in there. It's not too sweet. Uh, of course, there's cinnamon and all of the that in the chai but um it really it makes the most amazing glaze as well and i have zadie's barbecue oh i want that is, one um zadie's barbecue is really amazing on roasted vegetables not just like a meat really? or a marinade um and it's really good sprinkled on your challah too because it gives it a nice little red chili pepper kind of color. oh i love that I've, yeah. I, I've got in front of me from the box that you sent me um it comes in a really great gift box you can actually make your own great gift boxes person you know yes. you can customize each one on meetmyneeds.com mm -hmm. um yes. but Bubby's bakery Meshuggah yes. for mexican ungapachka khala which is like the everything spice i love that and yes, cinnamon stick <laughs> Yes, cinnamon stick is my go-to for oh, really? any kind of, anytime I need a warm spice blend. I also have za'atar my world because I'm absolutely in love with za'atar. Oh, me too. I've never met anyone who doesn't love it. And I have a fun one that I call All Shook Up. Um, it's oh. very much like a Hawaiian um, spice blend that you'd find, like a Yemenite spice blend that you'd find in a shook. And really um, the genesis of this uh, came from me just kind of wandering through the shook and drinking um, just taking in all the spices and um, I really wanted to build community within the Jewish community because I feel like there's all these sort of false divides among us. Um, but for the safety and security of Israel, I wanted everyone to be able to come together and um, as one group to support Israel. And so since I'd, I'd never met anyone who didn't love fresh baked bread, I thought, well, maybe, you know, challah is a good place to start to build some community for everyone to enjoy and share. And, um, you know, working spice blends in is really makes it even more fun and creative. I love it. And you do something very special with the proceeds. Yes. So the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds, Naomi, goes to uh, two organizations. One is Hala for Hunger and the other is Swipe Out Hunger. And these are two organizations and they work together very nicely. Um, they collaborate between their organizations. They are fully supporting students on college campuses across the United States. And I'm talking hundreds of campuses. Um uh, supporting students who are experiencing food insecurity and food insecurity. Yeah, elaborate on that. Way. Have, elaborate a little bit on what that means. Yeah. So that means that these students do not have reliable access to nutritious food on campus. Uh, these are students that probably came through, you know, 
sort of through K-12 public school system where they had support free and reduced lunches, maybe even two or three meals a day, summer food support. Suddenly they're off to college because they've worked so hard to get, you know, scholarships or tuition assistance and they're working two jobs and trying to, to improve their lot in life. And yet they don't have affordable food. They don't have access to nutritious food. And they some of them have to drop out because they have to get maybe a third job to support themselves. But we want these students to stay in school. We want them to thrive and be part of the whole network that they can build in college that will give them a better life in the future. And so uh, supporting them and making sure that they have food through food pantries, through um, having meal cards so they can go to the cafeteria, um, advocating for policy changes so that things are funded a little more equitably for these students. Um, it's really helping support them and giving them a better life. And they're doing all the hard work they want to get there. Um, and since, you know, especially as bakers, as moms, as cooks, we are very nurturing uh, people in general and to share what we have with others. I love, I love by, what you're doing. I love that yeah. you started a business to help yeah. people uh, uh, with, with that and giving it to charity. And also the person who's buying it is getting your help by enhancing their food for Shabbat and, and challah or during the week you can use it on your challah, you can use it in your food and the same time you're helping someone else by by yeah. donating the profits and, and they're getting food as well. Like it's like a win-win for everyone. I love this about you that you did this. Oh, thank you. And Naomi, for me, it's a win-win-win. I see it as a win because the students are getting help and um, everyone's getting really fun spice blends to work in. But I have also, it's been a personal win for me because I've met the most amazing people like you and all the women at the, um, you know, at the JWE and, um, you know, through Instagram, um, through Swipe Out, Hunger and I Love for Hunger, just met the most amazing people. And so I've, I've just, you know, feel, you know, when you, you give, you you get yeah Personally, when you give you it's get just, it's beautiful yeah, and really and we have something special for all our listeners we have a coupon yes we do so um i wanted to um i'm having a big push towards the end of the year to get as much funding to our charities as possible fantastic so we are offering 25 percent off this is the biggest discount i've ever given Woof, just for our listeners quite sure when I will do it again but now we're doing it and all people have to do is go to meetmyneeds.com and so, so it's k-n-e-a-d-s and meet and and meet two e's yeah meet, meetmyneeds.com and then just order any box of four whether it's um I have some um set up as party in a box or while the crowd box but you can also customize your own box of four and then uh, as you're checking out, just put in the discount code, and the discount code is Naomi Rocks. Oh, N A O M I R O C K S. Yes. Oh, that's so yes. nice. <laughs> yeah, Naomi Rocks. You definitely do. Amazing, definitely amazing. Do. So save twenty five percent off meetyourneeds.com spice blend. Absolutely incredible, especially for our listeners at Table for Two. The profits are going to charity. This is one amazing lady from California. Susie Fishman had this brilliant idea. You're not even a, a, a chef, right? No, I'm not a chef. I'm a home cook, but I am an engineer by education. And <laughs> I have, I, I'm really process oriented. And so I've developed 
uh, processes that really get um, reliable and great results in the kitchen. So I've kind of engineered my kitchen. I love that. Like, are you yeah. in software engineering? Because that's why you're in Palo Alto? Um, yes, actually. Go well, I've worked in startups, but it's really, I'm in supply chain management. Fantastic. Is my background. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and I've learned so much. I've learned actually a lot of cooking uh, tips from you, actually, from Perfect, for Pesach and Perfect Flavors, my two cookbooks that are always my go-to. Yay, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I use the perfect for Pesach, honestly, all year long. I don't save it for Pesach. I oh, that's what I want to hear. Get to, uh, yeah. Pesach copy in a regular copy. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We had a action pack lineup. Susie from California, Vera from Detroit, Rebets and Shachar from Venice, Italy. What a roundup we had today and we just hope that everyone stays safe and stays healthy and we can't wait to have another show with you next week. Want to wish everyone Shabbat Shalom. This is a table for two with Naomi Nachman. We have music sponsored by our friends at Kedem right up till Lich Benching. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs>